Do you dream of selling your business? What about getting acquired? They're the goals of so many entrepreneurs these days. For some of us, it feels decades away because we're busy building, building, and building some more, and we don't usually feel like it's the right time. Well, that right time showed up last year and smacked me right in the face. It showed up unannounced and unexpected. What happened to me was nothing novel, but it's a very important story that will make you want to ask, why aren't we shouting? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, I'm going to recount a recent experience I had working with an investor who promised me a lot. Like, a lot. You can likely guess the end of the story already. But the way that it happened to me is a learning lesson that I never, ever want you to go through. Time to get your flashlights out. I'm going to tell you a little ghost story. I was minding my own business one day, hopping on Zoom calls and answering emails, when a message popped into my inbox from a longtime colleague that I really admire. Look, he wrote, and he linked to a landing page that advertised a brand new fund that was looking to give money to companies run by moms. That's all it took. I've never seen a fund specifically for someone like me. So I submitted an application immediately and figured as I do with most things that I apply to these days, that after I hit submit, the application went out into the ether and I'd never hear from anyone. Lo and behold, I received an email back from the fund. It was an automated email, but a response no less. It instructed me to use a calendar link and sign up for a meeting with one of the people who's running the fund. So I did. And it was there that I saw the name of the person that I'd hop on a call with. It was a man named Saul. <laughs> That didn't make much sense to me at first. How could a man hop on a call with a mom entrepreneur and understand her business? I'd heard so many rumors about investors not giving women money because they don't, and I'm using air quotes, get it. We've all heard about how women-owned businesses create $1.9 trillion in revenue every year, and yet only 13% of those businesses are funded. It's nuts. So can you blame me for being skeptical? Then I dug into who Saul was. Well, who was he really? What did he like? What kinds of companies does he fund? Turns out, he's a woodworking enthusiast just like me. He had a wife, two kids, and was an investor in and ran a division of a major company in the mom industry, so he was actually quite familiar with mom-owned businesses. I started to feel better about how we may connect on the call. I signed up for his newsletter, which was a little overkill on the bro talk. He referenced downing beers and doing shots with founders of companies he invests in. But otherwise, he seemed shrewd, and I was flattered that he was giving up some of his time to talk to me. The day of the call, I was admittedly wholly unprepared. I'd never talked to a fund manager before. Thankfully for Zoom calls, you can't see sweat dripping down people's spines. The way that Saul introduced himself immediately put me at ease. He was just a dude, very down-to-earth, endearing even. He explained how he wanted to skip all the formal stuff and just hear what I had to say. Oh, I forgot. I'd sent in my deck. If you recall from episode 32 that I was told to prepare one, well, I did. 
a very orange deck. He said I was one of the only people who did, which impressed him, and could I just expound a bit on certain slides that I'd included. At the end of the call, the magic happened. He cocked his head sideways, had a long stare into the distance, then refocused back on me and said, You know, I'm wondering if we can do something different with you. Do you have any interest in being acquired? The fireworks inside of me started going off. How can you conceal excitement with a cool dude who was interested in acquiring your company? I shrugged, said, never thought about it before, and let him talk out the rest of the call. He wanted to discuss it with his partners and see if they'd be up for an acquisition. We hung up, and I ran around my house screaming and shouting, someone wanted to acquire my company. What did that mean? I wasn't so sure yet but I knew it meant he saw real value in what I'd been building for over a decade. That felt so good. I called everyone on my team to update them. We might be in talks for some time with a good guy interested in acquiring us. I explained what it meant for us, how it might change our workload and our work pace, and the team, they were already giddy. On the next call, Saul told me that the entire team on his end was ready to go and he walked me through how our partnership could look. He told me about all of the departments at his company, who I'd be working with, what expectations would be. We had several calls like this in a row, and with each call, I was reassigning people on my end and reallocating what would work where if we were indeed to do this. It was as daunting as it was exciting. There was so much to prep, let alone to do once the acquisition happened. Saul asked for our fifth call to be one where I'd join in their next company meeting. And in advance of it, he'd send me his favorite book through Amazon so I could read up on how they structure their staff and how everyone works together there. I read the book in two days flat, and I'm not a fast reader, and I sweat bullets when it was time to appear on the call. There were maybe 20 people on Zoom that morning. Saul took the reins, explaining to everyone what was going to happen with our potential acquisition. He introduced me to everyone, and then he finished up with their normal meeting by going over what each department was doing. I hung up the call and connected with a lot of them on LinkedIn, sending love and appreciation in advance of our future working relationships together. About six calls after that meeting, Saul asked to meet my team. I got everyone's dates on the calendar, and I let him know we were a go. My team asked all kinds of questions before the call. What should they prepare if they should research anything, and I told them he was the coolest, most laid-back dude, so there was no need to sweat a thing. I'd already done that during the last call with his team. Saul never got back to me to confirm once I'd confirmed everyone's availability, but he was a very busy guy. Investors have a lot to tend to, and he was moving homes at the time, so he was twice as busy as usual. The team was a little disappointed, but we carried on. During my next call with Saul, He wanted to do this already. He seemed antsy to be done with all of the getting to know you stuff and could see big bucks lying ahead. He said he was going to skip waiting for his lawyer to pull something preliminary together and shoot me the terms that he was hoping we could negotiate. When I got the document, I was very confused. It didn't read the way that Saul sounded. There's no real normal in the world of acquisitions, but usually it's common to see a salary that's offered to the founder or founders and then a purchase price for the company. What did I read on that very short document he sent? 
an offer for a very, very low starting salary. Benefits were included, sure, but the purchase price of the company? It was also criminally low, and it read that I wouldn't see a dime of that money for the first year. I hopped on a call almost immediately with Saul to ask the tough questions. Why were the numbers so low? Why wouldn't I see a dime for my company for an entire year? He explained, twice, that in his very experienced experience, the acquirer needs to wait an entire year to see what lawsuits come out of the woodwork once people hear that the founding moms has been acquired. People apparently love to sue for money that they're suddenly owed. I understood that on an intellectual level, but something felt funny. We talked through it and I asked questions like, if I were to reject the benefits, would my salary go up? He said yes. I asked if there was a way to get even just a percentage of the purchase price for the company in advance, and he intimated that that would be just fine. We both felt better after the conversation, and he told me that he'd have his lawyer write up a proper agreement. When I received it, nothing was different than the original offer. In my naive optimism, I'd figured he'd forgotten to pass along to his attorney what we'd just discussed on the phone, so his attorney wasn't aware. Instead of nudging the busy man once more, I sent the agreement to my lawyer, and I asked her to make those few changes that he and I had agreed to on the phone. I'm sure he forgot, I told her, and said to her that if he was going to take issue with any of the changes we made, he was a cool dude. He just let me know. About 24 hours after I sent over the amended agreement to him, all ready to go, with my team fired up, my own self fired up, and a lot of things about to change in my home and business life with this acquisition, I received a very stern email from Saul. It repeated everything he'd explained to me two phone calls previously. How I can't see the purchase price money for an entire year because of lawsuits. And then he started to bully me, asking how on earth I could possibly think I was creating a good impression by asking for more than the offered salary. Was I trying to pull one over on him? Taking more money at the front and then ghosting him after a few months by quitting? The email specifically stated that he had zero interest in sending the amendments to his lawyer because he didn't want to waste money on lawyer fees of his own lawyer when what I'd sent over was absolutely ludicrous. Is this a good time to mention that the numbers I was asking for were just a hair more than what the original offer was? It wasn't like I added a pile of zeros or anything. I wrote back immediately. I apologized for offending him in any way, shape, or form. I relayed that I thought I was helping by having my attorneys amend what he'd sent since it was very clear in our phone discussion that he was okay with what I'd sent over. I didn't apologize too much, but I'd made clear that I was ready to hop on a call and hash this out so we could remove any ill will from the situation that suddenly seemed to be full of ill will. And then, nothing. I heard nothing back. Not a phone call, not an email. At the time of this recording, I still haven't heard from him. After the first week of devastation passed, after my little team and I thoroughly understood what had happened to us, after we dusted ourselves off and picked ourselves back up, we breathed a collective sigh of relief. We didn't have to rework the entire organization. We weren't going to have to work at lightning speed to keep up with corporate expectations. We'd be able to carry on as we had been. The process also opened our eyes to a few things that weren't working for us. We figured out that launching a few new programs and reworking systems that we had in place would improve our company, even if we weren't going to be acquired. 
Did I want to send an angry email to Saul at any point in the last nine months? Of course I did. Have I been hoping that he'd reach out with an apology or even just an explanation as to what happened? Maybe even addressing how disrespectful it is to ghost anyone as a professional and particularly as an investor? You bet. When I figured out that he intended to ghost me and I'd never hear from him again, the first thing I thought was, one day, this is going to make a very good story. Honest entrepreneurs make honest mistakes all the time. I could call myself a sucker or talk about how naive I was going through the process. But I know that my story is unfortunately not uncommon. People get roped into situations like this all the time. The funding world has a bad reputation for taking advantage of us, and I've heard about it for years, but I never got to experience it firsthand until this happened. Fortunately for this entrepreneur, she's marching onwards and upwards and wants to tell this story to anyone who will listen so that they don't feel naive or alone as they venture out into the investor world, if ever they do. Know someone interested in finding funding? Pass this ghost story along to them. Pretty please. You don't call. You don't write. Do both. Call or text me at 708 872 7878 or go to com slash podcast. There you can record a message so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. It helps other listeners discover my ridiculous stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. <laughs>